Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Today's episode is on yet another sexually transmitted infection. We are talking about genital herpes. In this episode, be prepared to bust some myths and learn more about genital herpes. Did you know that 87% of people with genital herpes are unaware? This is the eighth episode in the series about infections of the genital tract. Annual women's exams can be stressful and overwhelming for many patients. I have compiled my top tips for preparing for your well women's exam, including what to ask for when it comes to comprehensive STI testing. To get your copy of my top tips, go to tips.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. Let's start today's episode with some myths. Myth one, genital herpes is only spread during active outbreaks. This is false. Genital herpes can be spread even when you are not having an active outbreak. Myth two, genital herpes is a different virus than the one that causes cold sores. False. The same virus that causes cold sores can also cause genital herpes. Myth three, genital herpes can be spread via surfaces. This is false. The herpes virus does not last long on surfaces and is only spread via skin-to-skin contact. Myth 4. Everyone knows when they have herpes. This is false. 87% of people who have genital herpes don't know it. Myth 5. Your partner must have cheated. That's how you got herpes. False. The herpes virus can lie dormant in the body and may take time before you ever have any symptoms or or are even aware that you have it. So what is genital herpes? Genital herpes is a type of sexually transmitted infection. It is a virus. There are two strands, herpes simplex virus type 1, HSV1, and herpes simplex virus type 2, or HSV2. HSV1 is commonly associated with cold sores, and it's typically acquired during childhood. HSV1 can be spread to genitals. Typically, you don't see HSV2 being spread from genital to oral HSV2. Genital herpes is a common sexually transmitted infection. About 11.9% of people 14 to 45 have HSV2 infections, which is about one in five have HSV2. And this number is actually very, very low. And the incidence is considered to be higher because the increasing number of genital herpes infections caused by HSV1. About 87.4% of 14 to 49 year olds with HSV2 have never received a clinical diagnosis. In my opinion, that is because genital herpes is not part of the standard or comprehensive STI panel. HSV is more common among women than men. This is believed 
to be the case because it's more easily transmitted from men to women during penile vaginal sex. Interestingly, if you are on hormonal contraceptives, you are also at an increased risk of acquiring HSV. You are also at an increased risk of HSV if you have bacterial vaginosis. Now, when it comes to races, HSV2 is more common in non-Hispanic blacks than non-Hispanic whites, about 3.4 times more common. Herpes is spread through contact with the HSV virus in herpetic lesions, mucosal surfaces, genital secretions, or oral secretions. The virus can be shed from normal appearing oral or genital mucosa or skin. Receiving oral sex from a person with oral HSV-1 can result in getting genital HSV-1 infection. Transmission commonly occurs from contact with an infected partner who does not have visible lesions and who does not even know they are infected. There are studies that show that symptomatic HSV infections have a higher shedding rate than those that don't have symptoms at about 10% of days for those without symptoms and about 20% of days for those with symptoms. It is common for during the first year of infection to have an increased viral shedding as well. When it comes to symptoms, most HSV positive people are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms that can go unnoticed or are mistaken for other skin conditions like an ingrown hair or razor burn. When symptoms do occur, herpes lesions typically appear as one or more vesicles or small blisters on or around the genitals, rectum, or mouth. The average incubation period for an initial herpes infection is four days, but ranges from two to 12 days after exposure. The vesicles break and leave painful ulcers that can take two to four weeks to heal after the initial herpes infection. The first outbreak is usually the worst. With the first outbreak of herpes, you usually have a longer duration of lesions, increased viral shedding, and sometimes you see systemic symptoms such as fever, headache, body aches, or swollen lymph nodes. The first recognizable outbreak may not occur until well after the primary infection. The virus can lay dormant in the nerve root of the spine, and there is no test to determine who or when you acquired the infection. Especially with 87% of those who have HSV not being aware that they have the virus and potentially spreading it. This does not mean that your partner was cheating, although yes, that could be the case, but it doesn't mean that that is happening. Recurrent episodes or episodes after the first initial outbreak are common and many patients learn to recognize their symptoms before an outbreak. These symptoms are often referred to as prodromal symptoms. Sometimes it is localized genital pain or tingling or shooting pains in the legs, hips, or buttocks, which can occur hours to days before the eruption of herpetic lesions. With recurrent episodes, symptoms are typically shorter in duration and less severe than the first outbreak. Recurrent episodes usually heal in about 6 to 12 days. Genital HSV-1 infections tend to be milder than HSV-2 infections. 
Patients with HSV-1 on average have about zero to one recurrence per year, whereas individuals with HSV-2 have about four to five recurrences a year. When it comes to screening and testing for HSV, it is not part of the standard screening panel. If you want this test, you will likely need to ask your provider for this test specifically. There are a couple different ways to test for the virus. One is if you are actively having an outbreak, they may choose to swab the genital lesion. This can be sent for culture or detection of the HSV DNA by PCR. But if you are not actively having an outbreak, you can have your blood tested as well. This looks for antibodies present in the body. If it comes back positive for HSV2, it is presumed that that reflects a genital infection. However, if your antibodies come back positive for HSV1, that can represent an oral or genital infection. If you haven't ever had an outbreak, that can be kind of tricky because you don't really know if it's oral or genital. The CDC lists that there are a couple of useful times to screen patients. One is if a patient has recurrent genital symptoms or atypical symptoms and a negative culture or PCR. Another case would be with patients who have clinical diagnosis but no laboratory confirmation. The CDC also recommends considering testing in patients with a partner that has genital herpes. They also recommend considering it when an individual is presenting for STI evaluation and have had multiple sex partners. They do also recommend considering HSV screening in patients with HIV infections or men who have sex with men. There is a window of about two weeks to six months after the HSV exposure for formation of detectable antibodies. There is no cure for herpes. However, antiviral medication is available and can prevent or shorten outbreaks. You have different options. You have daily suppressive therapy or you have episodic therapy. Some people choose to use daily suppressive therapy to reduce the likelihood of transmission to partners or if they have frequent recurrent episodes and they're trying to reduce their number of episodes. For others, they will choose to do the episodic treatment and take medication when they have outbreaks to decrease the duration of the outbreak. But for some, they may not choose to take any treatment at all. Talking with your provider about what is best for you is a good idea. Although herpes is not curable, it is a manageable condition. Many times with a diagnosis of herpes, there is a considerable amount of embarrassment, shame, and stigma that a patient encounters. In a future episode, we are going to talk more about this. I have a special guest coming up that I'm really excited about, so we are going to cover a lot more of that here soon. There are ways to reduce your risk of spreading genital herpes, although it doesn't totally eliminate the risk. I always recommend disclosure of your status to sexual partners. Avoid sex during recurrent outbreaks if your partner is negative and using suppressive antiviral therapy. And of course, consistent condom use can also reduce the risk of spreading genital herpes. Having that conversation with your partner about sexually transmitted infections, especially HSV, can be very difficult. 
There are lots of good resources out there regarding disclosing your status. Similar to other STIs, HSV increases the risk of acquiring HIV, human immunodeficiency virus, about two to four fold. That is because the genital ulcer or open sore can make it easier to transmit the virus. If you have herpes and are planning to get pregnant or are attempting pregnancy, once you are pregnant in your third trimester, a lot of times you will be started on antiviral therapy to reduce the transmission of herpes to the baby. If when you go into labor you are having an outbreak, many times they're going to switch to a C-section to prevent transmission to baby. To prevent transmitting herpes, using condoms consistently and correctly can reduce your risk. However, because herpes is spread via skin, there is a risk of transmitting and acquiring herpes even when using condoms because the virus shedding can occur in areas not covered by condoms. The surest way to avoid transmission of HSV includes abstinence or long-term mutually monogamous relationship. Something that I found really interesting and important to know when putting this podcast together is that if you and your partner are positive for the same HSV strands, you've already been exposed to that virus and you already have antibodies produced. So if you are exposed to it again, your body already recognizes the virus and you cannot be, quote, reinfected, nor will that cause you or your partner to have more outbreaks. After your first or primary herpes outbreak, future flare-ups are determined by your immune status, not exposure to an infected partner. In summary, genital herpes is common. It is possible to have the virus and not be aware. Ask your provider for the specific test next time you go to your doctor's appointment to have a better understanding of your status. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.